0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Guest Friday, uh, Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our socials on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Today, I'm very excited for uh, today's Guest Friday, bringing in uh, one of my good friends and my older brother, uh, Tyler, to talk about the uh, Celtics trade deadline. Uh, Tyler, what's what's going on?
1: You know, just trying to digest all the craziness
0: that happened yesterday. Um, yeah. Looking, at, I'm pretty excited for what the Celtics did
1: and mm. uh, finish up the season. I think we have under 30 games to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always interesting when you know the trade deadline comes and you know you have the 30 or so games and it usually is like okay here's the the stretch run for the rest of the season but it's like especially in the eastern conference with how things changed at the trade deadline there it's going to be crazy the last 30 games
1: yeah yeah seeing how some of the big pieces are going to fit in Mm -hmm. in under 30 games and then get ready for the playoffs right and especially with how close the east is i think some teams aren't gonna could get punished with the uh the period of time where people are adjusting Mm -hmm. so should be should be a good final stretch
0: yeah so uh getting into plenty today talking about the celtics and their trade deadline moves we'll obviously get to the big moves yesterday uh as well because there were some other crazy moves that happened but uh first we're here to talk about the celtics uh celtics obviously began the day with trading Bull Bull and uh, P.J. Dozier to the Magic for um, a future second-round pick. Now, that was just a simple get-under-the-luxury-tax type of move. Um, And then the Celtics made kind of their big, splashy move, I guess, getting uh, Derek White from the Spurs in exchange for Romeo Lankford, Josh Richardson, and a first-round pick. Um, And then, obviously, made the trade later in the day, uh, getting Daniel Tice to return from the Houston Rockets in exchange for Dennis Schroeder, Bruno Fernando, and Ennis Freedom, who has, I believe, already been waived. So uh, mm-hmm. just your reaction to uh, all those moves. I know those were three moves right there, but just kind of your initial reaction.
1: Yeah, so I think Brad had two goals coming into the deadline. The first was to get under the luxury tax, which as of right now, I think they're $3.5 million under. Also, a note that um, Keith Smith is a, a NBA Twitter guy, great, like, kind of puts the numbers and the contracts all together, makes it easily digestible. He noted that Jalen not making the All-Star game saved the Celtics about a million dollars because of Jalen's contract incentives. Sure. So... Brad got under the luxury tax in the first move with the magic. He gave up two players that were probably never going to play based on their injury history, and then was able to flip Richardson, Schroeder, Langford, and then Ennis and Bruno, and the first-round pick. And then that, also in the Spurs trade, they there's a pick swap in 2028. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs could, if the Celtics finished worse than the Spurs in 2028, they could flip first-round picks. Sure. And he was able to get two players who he felt could add to the Celtics. And I felt like this was a, a, um, a commitment to a style of basketball where White and Tice know their roles. Um, they are, are going to play fast. They're going to be able to already add to the top defensive team in the NBA that, in the Boston Celtics. Because White and Smart, I think, are just going to be a nightmare for mm-hmm. other teams, front courts, to go against mm-hmm. on, on when they're on offense. And then you have Tatum, Brown,
0: and then Rob in the back. It I think it's just going to be very, very difficult to score against a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And also getting Tice
1: back. I, I went to the Rockets. Um, oh, we went to the Rockets. We uh, did,
0: yeah, just, we did.
1: Yeah, and uh, just seeing uh, Jalen and, um, and Jason <clears throat> interact with Tice before the game, They clearly love him, and when he was on the Celtics, he had the the tight seal, which was, I think, very beneficial for Jason Tatum, and Mm -hmm. I think getting... So first going to White, he's at 14.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, 5.6 assists, and he's a 48% shooter from the corner threes, which, honestly, just getting the kick out from those... Tatum and Brown drives is going to be mm. huge Yeah, um, he also has three years
2: left on his contract so they were able to package some players that run short term deals to get a long term option mm-hmm. back point guard spot which I think is, is a great great addition and um, somebody on Twitter kind of noted the the ISO numbers for Dennis and White mm. Dennis was at
1: 15.4% of the times he goes on in isolation White's at 2.3. I think that is, yeah, I think yeah. that is yeah. committing to Eme's kind of offensive philosophy of, like, we want to move the ball. Right. We want to, we want to keep the ball moving because mm-hmm. we think we have claymakers on offense that are going to be able to score a lot. And just watching, like, some highlights, he he's White scored a lot just cutting to the basket, which I think the Celtics yeah. have sorely missed on offense for the past few years, not having... Mm-hmm. a real cutter cuz sometimes it just gets in Tatum Tatum or Brown's hands and everybody's just like all right go get the points right um and then also Tyce yes i think 3 years left on his contract and a club option for the last year mm-hmm. i think that's a great deal yeah. i think it also allows the celtics to give al and rob like an actual reserve Coming off the bench where you're not just like, oh my God, what are we going to do here? Mm-hmm. Speaking directly at in Cantor, canter, uh, yeah. like a much better defensive player because may wants to do a switch everything defense and you right. can't do that with Cantor on the floor.
0: Right, uh, it, exactly. Yeah. So overall, I think a really good set of moves. Mm. Um,
1: And they also have five open roster spots. Yeah. It sounds like, um, Sam Hoser and Broderick Thomas are on two way contracts. So they're not going to eat into the, the cap room that they've created. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so now you have three, three more roster spots to kind of see who's available in the buyout market. Mm -hmm. So I guess before we get into that, what, what were your thoughts?
0: Um, well, I think, uh, You know, White is definitely a, I just, I think that he is a better fit into what they're trying to do offensively than, you know, Schroeder is. I think, you know, getting someone who I think is going to be willing to move the ball and play with pace, I think is huge. You know, you look at, he's averaging almost six assists per game, I think. Yep. That just having someone else that can be kind of a ball handler, distributor, facilitator, whatever you want to say. You know, I think it's huge for for Brown and Tatum, and I also think, you know, he's familiar with some of the coaches. Um, exactly. He's familiar with Tatum Brown and uh, Marcus because he played on that uh, 2019 summer summer team, not the Olympic team, but that. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I don't know what that tournament is called, uh, yeah. but he played on that summer team, so he at least is familiar with the people in the organization. Um, nice. I think the, the Tice move just is fantastic. I think being able to get off of, of, of Schroeder, I think, you know, is, is huge for their offense. But I think also you bring in a third big, someone like Tice, he's a really good, solid defender. You know, he's great with that seal play. Uh, He can (laughs) step out and shoot threes. He can step out and, you know, shoot that 15 footer. And it's just like, it almost seems unfair that they're getting such a huge upgrade over over Cantor, uh, yeah. getting someone like Tice, who, you know, is a good player, but he's also very familiar with how they do things and very familiar with, I think, what they're trying to do offensively.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I know that, or I know personally, there were some people that were maybe a little concerned about them giving up a first-round pick in the Spurs trade. Yeah. Um, what what do you think about that?
1: So Brad was on, he did his morning talk show, uh, I think this morning, and he, he mentioned that he's like, there's definitely a risk of giving up a first-round pick, mm-hmm. but kind of based on how the team's constructed, he feels like it's better to get an established player than somebody who might not get the the playing minutes, which is, I guess, something we've seen this season with, Pritchard, Romeo, Neesmith kind of struggling to get consistent rotation minutes and develop. Yeah. Which but I, I agree with. I, I don't know how much of that boils down to the coaching philosophy of not giving young guys minutes. Um, which is may has kind of continued the Doctor Verse philosophy of mm-hmm. not really playing young guys that much. Yeah. Um but I think if you're if you're giving up the first round pick for somebody who is established, I'm okay with that. I I think they also kind of looking ahead to this summer, they have a bunch of long-term contracts that they can then package up in a trade. If they want to upgrade further, mm-hmm. not saying that's what the plan was, but it does give them that optionality.
0: Yeah. 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 I think um, that definitely, is you know kind of what I was arriving at too um and it's interesting you mentioned the young players I think um you know I was going into this deadline thinking that I don't imagine that both Langford and Niesmith are going to be able to come out of this not being traded mm-hmm. so with Romeo being moved do you see Niesmith's role changing at all do you think he might get some more looks and also Pritchard as well
1: I I, I think I think they'll have to um because Kind of packaged up, um, Schroeder and and Richardson. So those those are two players who are playing similar positions to Peyton and and Neesmith. And you're you're only getting one player back in White who plays that role. Mm-hmm. So I think their minutes are going to have to increase, and I'm hoping that they can step up and with the more reliable minutes, mm-hmm. kind of be more self assured that oh no, I'm only going to be out here for a few minutes, and if I mess up, I'm going to get pulled immediately. And mm-hmm. now it's like, maybe not saying they're, they have a longer leash, but if there's not the Richardson or Schroeder on the bench, then he may kind of forced to allow them to, to make mistakes, which is, we never want to see mistakes, but it, as a young player, they kind of just have to play through them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I definitely think that they're going to see their, their um, minutes increase Mm-hmm. also, we have to kind of wait and see what happens in the buyout, buyout market. Sure, yeah.
0: Um, and speaking of the buyout market, are there any players that you can think of off the top of your head that you think would be good fits for, for the Celtics? You know, obviously, we don't... You might have an idea of who's getting bought out, but it's kind of hard to know, I feel like.
1: Yeah. Um, they've already started waiving some players, and nobody really was like, oh yeah, this... This is a guy the Celtics should really go out and get. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if the Spurs will waive Drogic. Mm-hmm. And, like, if he is open to going to a team not named the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hmm. But Brad also was asked this morning, like, so what about IT? Oh, yeah, so naturally. I he will always be linked
0: uh, to the Celtics based on yeah. kind of
1: what he did for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad was like we love IT I've been in communication with IT since he's left um, but he, he mentioned he's like we're just looking to get our moves done that we need to get done today um, Sure. he also said he wants to add more insurance on the front line and we talked about adding shooting ideally some shooting with size at the 3-4 size guys that's what we'll do in the near term mm-hmm. so I think with like the size comment it, kind of hints that IT's might is not in that pool of players that they're going to look at. Yeah. But I mean, if Isaiah Thomas comes back to the Celtics, I know the fans and I would welcome him with open arms. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If he's playing, you know, mop up minutes like Joe Johnson, Hey, n- nothing wrong with that. No, nothing. Um, so obviously we'll return to the Celtics and talk about kind of them going forward. Um, I did want to touch on the other, uh, crazy trades that happened in the NBA both yesterday and a couple days ago. So I figure uh, we could start with the McCollum trade a couple days ago. So he went to the Pelicans, Trailblazers get Josh Hart, uh, Alexander Walker, Sadoransky. Um Did you have any thoughts about that particular trade?
1: Um. So, and then I think we also have to look at, because the Pelicans then flipped, Kiel Walker Alexander. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. So, and, yeah.
1: Uh, where is it? The Spurs. Yes. And they also flipped Saturansky, and they got um Joe Ingles, Elijah Harris, and a second round pick from the Grizz.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the Blazers are blowing it up. Um, yeah. I I I think Josh Hart is
1: a good is a good player. Um, I think the Blazers have some a good young talent, but I, they're, I think they're tanking for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, and then you also have to look at the the Blazers Clippers. I'm sorry for putting this all together, mm-hmm. but then them sending Powell and Robert Covington to get Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a twenty twenty five second round pick.
0: Oh sure, yeah.
1: It's it's just. I don't. I guess I kind of see the direction of like just burning it down, and then seeing like Dame has come out
0: and said he's going to keep playing for Portland. Mm -hmm. I I hope he's not playing for Portland because he's 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 a better player. Doesn't kind of deserve the circumstances that they're in. Mm -hmm. Um, I
1: mean, getting Joe Ingles—he's out this year with a torn ACL. Right. He's a he's a great six man. He's a great like kind of. He's a good player, but he's old. He's going to be coming off an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Hart is a, a really good defender. I think is a good, good veteran kind of leader that can kind of help the younger Blazers point guards. I was kind of surprised that they they traded um, Nikhil Walker Alexander or Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, off, just because it's like he's a young player. Let's take a flyer on him. See how he does. Maybe wait until the off season to see if we can get something better in return. But I think the Blazers Pelicans trade was they kind of held on to CJ for too long. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, yeah. He
1: signed a massive contract, so mm. I think I saw that the Blazers will have sixty million of cap space in the off season. I think that includes waving Josh Hart. Yeah. Or not picking up the option. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for the Pelicans, it's it's a good move. Um, they get C.J.
1: McCollum. He's on a massive contract, but I think that will allow them to push for one of those play-in spots. Mm. Um, I think it is interesting. You're seeing the second season of the trade deadline, with the, the plan spots and you kind of see teams that historically would be sellers at the trade market Mm -hmm. where they're the 10th or 11th or 12th seed, but they're like, Oh no, we have to make a push. We're not giving up our best players and just calling it a season. Um, sure. I mean, the Pelicans have designed question mark if he's ever going to get back. But I think having, having CJ with, um,
0: Ingram is a, a good combination, uh, so those yeah are
1: kind of the thoughts on that trade i know i threw a lot a lot at
0: you yeah no i mean i think yeah the 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 play-in definitely has made the trade deadline a lot more interesting that you know teams that are yeah you know usually in this position you know maybe two or three years ago would be like oh whatever you know we'll sell but it's like oh, okay we have a chance to actually you know be a playoff team so it is interesting how that has come into play um it, do, you want
1: to, oh, do you have any more comments?
0: Uh, no, I think I was going to look at the Pacers and Kings trade. That's a bonus for uh, Halliburton, Buddy Heald. Yeah. Um, I know that the Pacers, did they flip Buddy Healed or was that something that I saw yesterday? Just I think Buddy Heald is still, okay. still on. So, you know, the Kings getting Zabonis, bonus, I mean, I think it's a decent fit, but giving up someone like Halliburton was a little bit of a question mark, it seemed like
1: yeah i mean you had the one player that has said he wanted to be on the kings and the kings traded him i
0: I yeah
1: i'm serious franchise Uh, yeah one of my friends um i mean so it kind of helps both teams because both teams had log jams at the position that they traded so Mm -hmm. the pacers are pretty much all in on um Who's their center, Miles um, Turner. Miles Turner, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you get Sabonis. Sabonis is, I think, a very good player, but he kind of plays in a similar spot as, as Turner. Yeah. Um, then you get you get shooting, like you get some great shooters, and um, Halbert and Hield. Uh, yeah. I think it, I saw somewhere that the Kings traded their two best three-point shooters, and it's like now you kind of have a. You can have an inside-out game with with the Pacers, and
0: I, I don't think they're going to be competing for a playoff spot this year. I think mm-hmm. they're a little bit too far out. Yeah, but I do think this is a good move for them to kind of get um, get some players that that
1: complement Turner better than Sabonis does, mm-hmm. and they they have a, a ton of young guards and three fours. So I think this is going to be a, kind of a team to watch mm-hmm. next year.
0: Um, I mean, yeah. for the, for the Kings, Sabonis is a good player. It would be interesting to see how him and Fox work.
1: Mm-hmm. Sabonis is a great passer at the big position. Um, they also got Holiday and Jeremy Lamb. One note about Holiday, he's not vaccinated, and he says he's not going to get vaccinated. And similar to the Kyrie situation in New York, he, players in California playing for the home team can't play if they're unvaccinated. Right. So, I mean, you're not making the trade for Justin Holiday, but you have a player that can't play any of your home games. Yeah. So.
0: Um. Then there was a four-way trade yesterday. Obviously, the Kings Goodness. made another move, getting uh DeVincenzo, Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson, um, Serge Ibaka went to the Bucks, Rodney Hood, and uh, former Celtics Semi Ojeley went to the Clippers, uh, Marvin Bagley to the Pistons. Uh, one note about this trade, uh, Wojnarowski uh, could not spell Ojale's last name for his <laughs> life. Misspelled it twice on Twitter. It was uh, pretty funny.
1: It was, uh, I think he also in the Cavs Pacers included, oh, Pacers Kings included Jeremy Lamb twice.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Jeremy <laughs> Lamb and Jeremy Lamb, yes.
1: Just firing off the tweets. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I
0: think Getting Bagley out of Sacramento was
1: probably the best move for both teams. Um, Pistons kind of get a flyer in a player who's, I think, talented. I just yeah. think the Kings are a dysfunctional organization. Um, you get to play with Cade. Um, get to play with the clinical clinic. So yeah. it's it'll be interesting to see how he fits. Um, I mean... I, I, I'm not understanding the Bucks trading Dante to get Serge Ibaka.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a little I mean, strange. I understand but.
1: that with the um the injury to who's the big
0: um
1: he's one of the the twins in the NBA. Oh, the Lopez.
0: Yeah, with the Bru- Brooke Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. It's like you, you have some insurance there, but giving up Dante, which is
1: really their only only trade chip coming into the mm-hmm. the trade deadline,
0: is yeah. it great? And then I I saw that um
1: one of their players fractured had a fracture. Yeah, I think it was Connington. Yeah, Connington. It's just like yeah. Uh, honestly, just wrap up all the players from bubble and wrap and
0: yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the Kings – like, you get a flyer in Josh Jackson, I think he's –
1: for as young of a player is as he is, he's kind of been a journeyman throughout the NBA. Um, but I think getting Dante – well, he's not shot the three ball well this year. I think if he can get back to at least halfway to where he was, like, that would be a good addition for – the Sabonis Fox, um, Dylan Brooke, or uh, Davion Mitchell.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of group. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, a very interesting uh, deal there. Um, and then, obviously, the big one yesterday, Simmons for Harden finally happened. And uh, I don't know. It's uh, It's going to be wild to see how this turns out for both of these teams. Um, yeah. And both of these teams that uh, you know could play each other in the playoffs—they're playing each other in a month.
1: Going to be spicy. Yeah,
0: it's going to be crazy. Uh,
1: before we get into the trade, did you see on the the All Star draft where Katie and LeBron were picking players mm. and they're to their reserves and they're down to Harden and um, gosh, Rudy Gobert.
0: Okay, I did not see this.
1: Oh, you have to check it out. Anybody listening has to check it
0: out. Yeah. You got, you got KD selecting between, Gobert and Harden, and he just goes into, well, I need to get the size. I got LeBron and Giannis on the other team, and he's just straight
1: face delivering it. The whole TNT studio is cracking up. LeBron has like a clipboard over his face. He's cracking up, <laughs> and then. And then he picks them, and then it's like, okay, so like LeBron got hearted. and Chuck's like, LeBron goes, "Is he is he healthy?" And
0: Chuck goes, I just got traded, just put some icy on, he's gonna be fine." Wow. It, it
1: was it was a very a very good clip. Uh, yeah. but getting to the trade, I mean, I think both sides kind of got what they wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. It sounded like Harden didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Simmons definitely didn't want to be there. Right. Um, I think... I've heard... that. I think it was... Somebody on Woj's podcast was talking about kind of like what Simmons been up to this whole season, and she was saying that he's been going to the gym, he's been watching Sixers games, like, he's pretty much not up to like he's probably going to take him a while to get up to NBA speed but it's not like he's just been sitting at home doing nothing mm-hmm. um and I, I I mean you have Durant and Kyrie so you don't need points from Simmons he's right gonna be, he's definitely going to help their defense and it, like the knock on Simmons has been he's never he's never developed his offensive game outside of kind of what he was able to do in college which I think is a fair criticism but if all he's being asked to do is just play good defense hmm. and and pass the ball with those two, like, players, and also they got Seth Curry, which I think is, well, the, the Sixers didn't give up Maxie, I think that's like, okay, you took away one of your shooters, and yeah. now he's probably going to fill in the Joe Harris role right. for, for the Nets. I, and then they, on top of that, they got a first-rounder this year. They have the option to defer it until next year and then they have a 2027 first rounder one 8 protected and then also same for 2028. Hmm. I I think that it all like getting those picks also allows them to do stuff in the off season. I think sure. this is a, a really good trade for the Nets. And then for Philly, you get James Harden, which is the best player in the deal. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's going to be interesting to see how Harden and, and bead their styles mesh. Yeah. Um uh, I mean Harden's a great passer. But like he loves to do the pick and roll, all the time, and Embiid I think could help. Embiid likes to post up, right? Like he, he likes to have the ball. It's going to be interesting to see how they play together. And then on defense, Harden he loves to switch because that's the least effort thing you can do on defense. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that those playing styles mesh. And right. then you have Harden and Embiid and Doc like
0: those are three big egos. like. Yep. And if something, if they go down 0-2 in a playoff series, like,
1: is is that it? Is that a wrap? Is, are they just going to kind of collapse? Yeah. So, I think, I mean,
0: this is a big blockbuster trade. I think it's going to be interesting to, to mm-hmm. definitely see how it plays out.
1: And kind of like how we were talking about earlier, they only have 30 games to kind of figure out how it works. Right. So, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the nets definitely to me i think got the 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 better deal in this because i think like you said simmons doesn't need to be anything other than a good passer and a good defender yeah. and that's pretty much it you know uh, you know yet people have con- i think i have concerns about simmons late in games specifically yeah. shooting free throws and things like that but you know ideally the ball's going to be in durant's hands in yeah. those moments um you know Philly. I'm very again very curious to see how Embiid and Harden, you know, work together. You know if that works. You know they better start. They they they, they better win a lot of games because if they don't, like I'm very concerned about how things are going to go if things kind of take a nosedive, um, because I think, you know, certainly they still have Maxi, but you lost Seth Curry, is a pretty good shooter. So it's like you're you're down one. You're down another shooter. So. Yeah, you know that's going to be. I think there's. I think there's a lot more risk to this with Philadelphia than with the Nets. Yeah. You know, I think the yeah. Nets getting some picks was kind of a. It was kind of the thing that kind of tilted the scales in their favor. That I think they got more out of the trade.
1: Yeah, and it's also Simmons is younger than Harden. Right, Harden is. I think he's already opted into this, the team option.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it's like if you're if you gave up those players and picks you need to re-sign him but like we've already kind of seen a little bit this year like there's been a slide in this game mm-hmm. like what what is that Harden and B pairing
1: going to look like in the next if he stays 2 3 years right. and then it, like, if it doesn't go well and i don't think this is an unfair comment about Harden if it doesn't work out or it's not how he likes it he's just going to leave. Yeah. Like, I I don't think the Oklahoma City to to Rockets was anything about him. I think that was more about Oklahoma City trying to get under the cap. But then, kind of, the Rockets pretty much structured the team around him exactly how he wants to play. Didn't work out. He didn't try at all that season. They got traded to the Nets. And then, forced his way out of the Nets. So, like, what's going to happen if stuff doesn't go right for the Sixers? Yeah. Granted, Ben wasn't playing
0: for them this year, mm-hmm. but like there are other trades out there that maybe you're not getting the caliber of Harden, but you get more pieces, which kind yeah.
1: of reduces the amount of risk that a, a team's taking. Right, right.
0: So. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Then the other you know, kind of interesting trade was uh, the Wizards getting Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Pertons. I mean, I think the Mavericks kind of made up pretty well on this deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like Dinwiddie wanted out and the Wizards wanted him out. So I think that yeah. works out. I think that gives the Mavs another ball handler, which should help kind of reduce the usage on on Luca. Yeah. And Bertans, even though he's like shooting 32% from through this year, mm-hmm. he's a 40% shooter. Yeah over his career, like all he has to do is stand at the three point line, wait for a double to come to Luca and hit open threes. Yeah. So I I think even though the Mavs gave up the best player, I think it, they got like, they got the good pieces. Like they, they got the the pieces that will kind of compliment Luca because I think we kind of saw in the playoffs last year, the Porzingis and Luca kind of don't work because Porzingis wants to be more involved. But then that means taking the ball out of Lucas' hands more, which yep. isn't the best like team strategy.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: So, I mean, also looking forward with the the Wizards, they're they're one of those teams that's
0: like on the bubble of making the play in. Mm-hmm. So it it definitely looks
1: like they're gonna try to make a push for the playoffs this year, even with Beal injured. Yeah, um, and I don't know if this is kind of a move to. To say like, oh Brad, like Brad, we're like trying to get pieces to to make you stay. Uh-huh. I think it was on Lowe's podcast. They kind of talked about the Bradley Beal situation. About he can either kind of demand a trade, which he didn't do, and I don't think he will do because I don't think that that's the person he is. He can kind of just like wait it, wait it out, and not take that option. And mm-hmm. then three, he can be like. I'll agree to assign a trade, but I like, I kind of want to go somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. with him being in kind of doing the surgery
2: now, I think it it at least hints
1: that he's not a hundred percent sure that he's staying with the wizards.
0: Yeah. 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 Things could get pretty interesting there. Um, I'm very curious to kind of monitor that, especially in the summer. Um, yeah, you know, to see if, uh, you know, hey, the, the Celtics still have that max, that max spot, so maybe they're thinking about doing something like that, doing something crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think hopping back to the Celtics and talking about, you know what to expect from them, they got some, some interesting games coming up this weekend. They got the uh, nuggets at the garden tonight and then the Hawks on Sunday afternoon before Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and then they got the Sixers um, yeah. on, on Tuesday. So you got three games right in a row that I think are going to be really interesting, going to kind of tell you about where the team is headed. Yeah.
1: Could we maybe just, there was, I had a comment about the Blazers-Clippers trade.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So this goes back to something I heard about the Wizards, where it's like, they made series of trades, which on their own didn't look terrible, but when you put them all together, it's just, it, it kind of led to kind of where they are now, we're mm. not, not playing well. Right. They gave up Norman Powell and Robert Covington back when they, so they, they traded for Powell by giving up Gary Trent Jr., which is a younger player who's mm. doing fantastically
1: well for the
0: Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. And to get Robert Covington, they gave up their 2020 and 2021 first round picks. So they pretty much traded those things, like
1: Gary Trent Jr. and those two first round picks, to get Bledsoe, Winslow, yeah. Johnson, and a 2025 first rounder. Like, mm-hmm. that's why they're where. That's like that kind of
0: says why they are where they are. Like, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mean, things like that. Yeah. And then the last trade that I
1: kind of thought was. Sneaky one of the better better trades. I'm trying to find it. It's the um Hornets Wizards. The Hornets get uh, Harold. Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they give up Ish Smith, Vernon Carey, and a, the Celtics 2023 second rounder. Mm-hmm. And like Harold's a great fit for that team. Yeah, he is high energy, and really the thing the Hornets have been missing is a center because. Um, which, which one of the brothers do they have at center?
0: Zeller? Cody Zeller. Zeller.
1: Yeah, he's one of the Zellers. And it's just like, there are times where he just gets played off
0: the court. I think we saw that with the Celtics um, yeah. game, the most recent one, where Tatum was
1: like, oh, yeah, we're going to do pick and roll, and I'm going to get you in a switch, and yeah. I'm going to take you to the hole. Yeah. The pull. So yeah. Um, I think that, like, they didn't give up anything to get to Harrell. Mm. And, like, granted, Harrell's not a
0: starting caliber center. Yeah, but like he's gonna give that
1: energy off the bench, and I love Lonzo Ball. I like he is so much fun to watch. Lamelo, L- oh, L- Lamelo, Yeah, mean, one, like yeah, both, one of L- them. L- yeah, on, on the Hornets. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. I think that
0: pairing is gonna. I think it's gonna fit perfectly for them. Yeah, um, and I think that's
1: gonna kind of help them make that push to mm-hmm. secure their their playoff
0: berth. Yeah, I think that you know, not saying that they could go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think. They could be similar to how the Hawks were last year. Just yeah. like a young team, really fun to watch, play with a lot of energy. Um, yeah. I could see them, you know, making a, a run in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the thing to remember is, like, you, you can get lucky in the playoffs. Like yeah. you, you have a player go down on the other team, and then it's mm-hmm. like, uh, we're cooking. Like, we get yeah. through this round, and who's, like, they have no expectations, which is probably right. the, the best way to play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know all about that being a being Celtics fans seeing this yeah. team play with no expectations, uh you know, making it to game seven of the conference final. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah so going back to
1: the Celtics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, three three games against some, you know, fairly quality opponents coming up. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how they play, especially against Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely
1: game. Definitely, definitely gonna watch that to see to see how like both teams' additions are meshing. Right. Um. It, it it'll be a good one. Um, and then Denver's the first game. That's tonight. Yes. Uh, and it sounds like White is in Boston doing medicals, and Tice is coming in later this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you, you got Jokic, who's. Just, I yeah. think, MVP frontrunner this year. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So, and even though, like, there's not much around him, they're still going to be a dangerous team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then who's in between Denver and...
0: They have, they have Atlanta, on, uh, Atlanta on Super Bowl yeah. Sunday. I
1: mean, like, Atlanta started off the season kind of terribly, I, and I think it was a little bit of a, oh, we did so well in the playoffs, we're just going to continue to play well.
0: Yeah, um, kind of a hangover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But in the last ten games, I said I think they're seven and three, eight and two, something like that. Yeah. They're they're one of those teams where it's like we're gonna outscore you. We're not gonna play defense, but we're gonna do our best to score as many points as we can. So mm-hmm. it'll be a, probably a
0: really good battle of like one of the top offenses with the top defenses and see see who wins that matchup. Um, yeah.
1: But I mean, if if White can play in this game. I think getting Marcus and White on on Trey Young like the, they're going to make his night very difficult.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very yeah. much, very much looking forward to what they're going to look like defensively. Um yeah. You know, and then hope that the the offense you know can continue to to roll the way it's been. I mean, I think you know, kind of going back to Derek White, um, I think that there are some people that think that he might start. But I think that it probably makes more sense if he comes off the bench. Yeah. Um, I think. And keep that starting five, you know, playing the way that it's been playing.
1: Exactly. And I think may has kind of. I mean, he's going to have to figure out the rotations now because we have new players in. But mm-hmm. I think in January and early February, he really figured out which players go well together. Right. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to break up that starting starting lineup. I think you need to have White coming off the bench, Tice coming off the bench yeah, with some of those younger guys um, playing, playing some minutes and then kind of seeing who we'll get in the buyout market. I don't think it's going to be any big names. I think it's going to be kind of specialists, like, yeah. you know, oh, like good, a good shooter or a lockdown defender. But I don't yeah. think it's going to – there's nobody that's going to be like, oh, wow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Celtics got so-and-so. Um, yeah but I I do think that they need to fill out the bench. Um, Because even in the Nets game, it was a great win. They thumped them, as they should. Um, But all the starters were plus plus for the plus-minus. Nobody on the bench was plus anything, which is like, you guys are going against the backups for the Nets backups. Like, what's going on?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense to have those new guys coming off the bench so that, you know, you feel like you can have a little bit of, you know, proven guys coming off there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and considering how well they play, it's kind of amazing to look at the conference standings and look at that they are, you know, not saying that they're going to finish first in the East, but five games out is not, you know, anything crazy. You know, they were yeah. eight and a half games behind the Nets, you know at on December 30th now they're ahead of them yeah <laughs> so yeah things can I mean, change it's quick
1: a, it's it's a tight eastern conference and also i think it was after the heat win the celtics have either locked up the head to heads or they are leading the head to heads mm. which based on just how tight it is it's important i think we saw, yeah it's massively
0: important cuz yeah. i think we saw a few years ago where it was like three teams were all tied and just the way the tiebreakers broke out, the Celtics kind of got the worst of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like,
1: they're not leaving that to chance this year.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the trade deadline has definitely, I think, given them a little bit more hop in their step. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. considering how well they had been playing recently, it kind of led them to believe that, hey, you know, we can just make a couple of, solid moves and you know this team can can be a, a really good team like i think if they continue to gel the way that they are you know they're mm-hmm. they're not a team that i think anyone wants to play in the first round they're going to yeah. play the way that they can defensively yeah
1: yeah and i think i mean losing richardson just from a locker room perspective i think kind of hurt because it sounded like he was just a a great guy like yeah. easygoing fine and like I think that's going to be, you hate to mess up with locker room chemistry, right? But it's also you're bringing back Daniel Tice, which yeah, is a beloved Celtic, and mm-hmm. I think gets along well with the Jays. He's not going to be taking twenty shots, fifteen shots a game. Right. He's going to be doing kind of what they what they need him to do, and he's mm-hmm. going to buy into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think some stats over the last twenty six or twenty one games. They're fifteen and six, I mean, making up for a horrible start. Right. And then their offense is I think before, like in December it was in the twenties. Mm. And now it's in 11's best. And then okay. their one oh one point five defensive rating is the best in the NBA, which mm-hmm. an old adage defense wins championships. Yeah, let's see if it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw something yesterday on Twitter where it was like you know, hey, they can uh, score ninety-two points, but they'll give up eighty. So yeah, yeah. whatever, <laughs> if it works, it works.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, they had a period of um,
0: like holding teams to under ninety, and yeah. it was just like, I, this isn't
1: twenty twenty uh, to it, NBA. Like we score hundreds of points.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, yeah, looking forward to you know next few games for the Celtics, rest of the year, and then. You will know, be curious to see what what happens in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it should um, be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great conversation, Tyler. Uh, looking forward to having everyone listen to this. Um, you know, can follow the socials, listen on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, any anything else you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, to all the listeners, tell your friends, grow the pod.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Smash the subscribe button.
0: There you go. <laughs> all right. Great talking to you. Uh, we'll be great back with. To you too. Uh, new episode on Monday.